Today's episode of Heat Check is brought to you by Hotel Tonight. Hotel Tonight makes it easy to book awesome hotels at amazing rates. They're like a matchmaker between top-rated hotels with unsold rooms and people who want to book those rooms. And Hotel Tonight isn't just for last-minute bookings. You can book for tonight, tomorrow, and beyond. It's perfect for planners, procrastinators, and everyone in between. I'm one of those in-between people. I did a big piece on Rick Pitino. How to fly to Greece for it? Guess what? Didn't have a hotel? Hotel Tonight to the rescue! Find sweet deals at cool hotels you'll actually want to stay at. Go to hoteltonight.com or download the app now. Welcome to Heat Check. I'm your host, John Gonzalez, joined as I am every week by my producer, Isaac Lee. Isaac, unbeknownst to either of us, we were both on the East Coast this weekend. <laughs> yeah, uh, I didn't tell you in advance, but I, I did go to New York City and you were in Philadelphia. I was in Philadelphia. I saw that you were checking in with the New York office and I noticed this because you were tweeting about it, but mostly you were just tweet complaining about how cold it was. <laughs> you you went to school on yeah. the East Coast. Yeah, I was there for four years during college, but you know... When I moved back, I immediately reverted to my soft ways. And if anything, I got softer. You got uh, softer. Uh, well, luckily, you made it through. You saw the NYC office. Shouts to everybody over there yes. at the ringer. You caught some basketball, I assume? I caught a lot of basketball. Most of it college, but I did watch a lot of NBA, uh, especially because the Clippers were still on a roll. And they were there. They were in New York City while I was there. I did not plan it that way, but they were playing the Knicks and got a victory out of that. I assume that you went to Madison Square Garden to sing, sell the team <laughs> to James Dolan, correct? Uh, I didn't go anywhere near 32nd and 8th. That, no. is, that is unfortunate and disappointing. Uh, yep. Make sure you turn your phone off, gang, when you're doing <laughs> yes, the podcast. Yes, that's uh, a good idea. Uh, all right, thanks for listening. Please rate and review us and all of our fantastic Ringer NBA shows and pods. There's lots of great content on The Ringer. Of course, it's March Madness. We've got one shining podcast with Titus and Tate. Roger Sherman did the winners and losers from the first weekend of the NCAA tournament in uh, professional basketball realms. Boston Celtics. They go down oh, to the San man. Antonio Spurs. Kyrie Irving tried to coach him up again. Haley O'Shaughnessy wrote about how the Celtics basically tuned him out completely. I love all of this, as you've uh, probably noticed here on Heat Check. Can't get enough of it. Maybe they could get some more plane rides. Maybe, maybe. Maybe Kyrie should stop posting Instagram photos, like cryptic messages with the Oh, I love it. Like symbols. the stonemasons and shit like oh, that. I love God. that stuff. But they, they need to get back on another plane and that'll fix everything. Uh, Isaac Lee, you busted my chops because I put together the show outline and you control left per usual looking for mm -hmm. the Clippers. There's nothing Clippers. Guess what? I wrote 2,500 words on your Los Angeles Clippers in general, but specifically I wrote about Doc Rivers mm. and his unlikely coach of the year candidacy. Isaac, I cannot believe that Doc Rivers is, one, still with the Clippers. He's the last guy standing from the Lob City era. And on top of that, they're all thriving. They're all getting along. Yeah. They're all excited to have him. He's sticking around for the foreseeable future. I did not foresee this coming at all. I'm more shocked than you are. Obviously, I follow the team. I'm shocked that Doc isn't playing golf right now as we speak. Golfing, doing TV, that's what I predicted, but he's going to coach for a little bit longer, so check that out on TheRinger.com. Later in the show, Chris Almeida, first time ever yeah. uh, from the NYC office, will join us to talk about the Coach of the Year race, of which Doc Rivers is a, a part. He'll also be here to talk about his Wizards because they're terrible and we always like to laugh at the Wizards. But first, got to start it off big. And for that, we're going to bring in the most famous man, and heat check history. Boom shakalaka! He's heating up! He's on fire! 
All right, joining me in the studio, I'm very excited. He's a repeat offender. He's the head writer of The Late Late Show with James Corden. He's the host of All Fantasy Everything. As I mentioned previously when you were on here, the most famous man in heat check history. Thank you very much. Ian Carmel's here. I'm easily the most famous person probably who's been at the studio. Yeah. I I mean, if you really want to like get into the history of the Sunset Hour studio, I can't think of anyone. Frank and you. Me and Frank. That's it. And many people consider me the Frank Sinatra of the podcast where people fantasy draft things that aren't sports. Yes. Milieu. Milieu is also a fantastic word. You're coming in hot with the vocabulary. Coming in early on a Monday with the word milieu. I was also thinking about as everybody's favorite Port, is it Portlandian? Portlandian. Or Portlandian. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I wasn't sure if Portlander. I, you, Portlandian. Now that Paul Allen is dead, that's probably you too. It's me. I took the throne. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know if Paul Allen was ever living in Portland. I know he had a condo. <laughs> he was like the, Portland adjacent. He was Portland adjacent. I think he was like in a super yacht that could get to Portland within mm-hmm. 24 hours. He had two different super yachts, that guy. He had two yachts. Two different yachts. You got to switch them out sometimes. Absolutely. You. I mean, the one starts getting stale. You got to right. light some like $900 candles, leave it to air out. I, yeah, it's always weird in this age where income inequality is such a big issue to be like, he had two yachts. Isn't <laughs> two that super cool? yachts. It's pretty nice. But if you just zoom all the way out and like, don't think too hard, that's kind of cool. I would definitely yeah. like, uh, <laughs> I, if I had enough money for one yacht and I could get another one, yeah, yeah. it's like, Get two. Get two yachts. Why not get two yachts? Um, you also have been hanging around one Isaac Lee. You guys went out to dinner. We went to Spoon by H. Oh, yeah. I've heard about this. Oh, my. Have you not been yet? I have not been. We Isaac, tell you. us we about the experience. Week. Have to go. You have to go with Isaac. We just rolled in. There were like eight people. It was a bunch of ringer people. Mm-hmm. Me and my friend uh, Mike Malloy, who's another stand-up comedian. And then the Shivatani siblings. Who I guess Isaac just knows. Is that true, Isaac? Yeah. Oh, well, I got to know them through the ringer. I'm not going to take full credit for that. He he discovered them as children and taught Mm -hmm. them how to figure skate. He coached them up all the way through the Olympics. He coached them up, got up at 4 a.m. and drove them to the ice rink. Ice time is hard to get. It's hard to get, especially in L.A. You have to sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Isaac was willing to do it. And now look at all of them. He should get a medal, too, in my opinion. He's he's (laughs) a gold medal winner. And the third ship, Sib, Isaac Lee, brought us all to uh, Spoon Bite. It was... So good. Yeah. It was this dump. What was the dumpling dish? The dumpling soup. It's their signature dish. Holy the, shit. Yeah. It's so good. I think <laughs> so about good. it. I think about it at least twice a day. It's like, it's the meal that stuck with me more than any other meal that I've had, like in the last five years. And I've been to like really? a lot of great restaurants because I'm very fat and have a lot of money. No, uh, <laughs> you're you're streamlined. You have a healthy appetite. I have a healthy appetite. I'm zoftig. I'm chubby. I'm bright. But uh, it was crazy. And then the, uh, there was like a kimchi risotto mm. that was Amazing. Yeah, fantastic. That dumpling dish, this sounds gross, but I mean it in the best way. It tasted like if you took like a really good sausage pizza from Round Table and like liquefied it and then put dumplings in that. This is amazing. It was We should end this podcast so immediately and go do it. I like that the national NBA podcast has now become a provincial food podcast. Yeah, it's just <laughs> it's about LA better. food. I just want to do that. Come out to LA and eat at some of our fine restaurants. Come visit. It's <laughs> There's beautiful. a lot of good options. I also want to thank you, Isaac. I want to get your opinion on this. So okay. Ian and I were texting back and forth. He texted me the other day. He had read something that I wrote. I don't even know what I wrote. By the way, thank you for patronizing uh, the ringer.com. Always. Yeah. We appreciate it. But he texted me, Isaac. He said, I have such a conversational writing style, yeah. which translated in my mind to, you don't sound anything like all those smart people you write with. <laughs> they said they are super smart, but you. Uh, that is what I meant. I was trying to cut you down yeah. in a subtle way. You write words good. Yeah, yeah, I knew I was coming on on the podcast. I was like, I'm going to tell this guy he basically has the vocabulary of a third grader. <laughs> and then I come in the- my Lou, and I was like, <laughs> I got to look that shit up. By the time I'm leaving, I will host Heat Check. It's, yeah. I hope you do. Well, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. First of all, first of all, it's milieu. 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 And yeah. also, like, 
I feel like that says more about your deep-seated insecurities about your own writing prowess than mm. actually even I wouldn't use what the word prowess. Saying. <laughs> I meant it as a supreme compliment. I appreciate that. I, I often get stuck because I'm not... I guess I'm smart, but like trivia smart. You know mm. what I mean? Like I know like... I love a trivia smart. I do too. That's the only kind of smart I am. But like yeah. if I took an IQ test, I don't think I would do like real great on mm. it. But I know that Tallahassee's the capital of Florida or it's whatever. impressive. Look Thank at you this. very much. I'll pull out... I know. I know all the capitals. All it, trivia everything. Yeah. It's really... All trivia everything. It's really good. Oh, we should do we should a trivia night. We should go and have the dumplings. Are you kidding me? I'm and in. then trivia. It, I'm it's already gonna in. Be wonderful. Uh, all right. So we got to... Uh, we're going to do a couple of different things with you. Oh, wait. Let me finalize the compliment. Tell me. I'm sorry. I didn't finalize the compliment. Yeah. When I read your writing, mm -hmm. it's so conversational. It feels like I'm talking to you <laughs> or listening to you on the podcast. Yeah. It's really accessible. You managed to say very smart things, but in a These way that like anyone could understand. And that is a skill that I think is more valuable than somebody who can like speak smartly about smart things. Mm -hmm. But you can speak about smart things in a way that's very accessible and fun and breezy. By the time I'm done reading something you've written, I'm like, oh, what? Where did the time go? It's so I really. <laughs> I really enjoy your writing. That's that why I texted you that. Uh, that's you and my mother. I'll take it. Everything yeah. you said was a lie, but I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, well, later in a little bit, we have to start with the Blazers because you're a Blazers super fan. I want to get a little Blazers talk in on the okay, program. Great. Everybody knows how much I like the Blazers. But we're going to do after that, we're going to do, I thought about this for upwards of seconds. <laughs> uh, we're going to put together our all entertainment team because we're sort of in an NBA lull waiting for the playoffs sure, to start. Sure. And I thought, what could we do with Ian? And then I thought, He's in show business. I am. You are in show business. Like, you're this. the most show business person I know. I'm the most famous person who's ever been in the ever studio. Ever been on this show. <laughs> so we'll do the all entertainment team in a second. But first, we have to talk about your Blazers. Yes. How do you feel about them now? As I look at the NBA standings, they are solid fourth place, which would mean that they'd have home court advantage in the first round. Oh, yeah. Which is good because they're much better at home than they are on the road. They're 28-9 at home. They're 17 and 18 away from their arena. Although, if you look at the fifth seed, we do pretty good in their arena, too. So, as we speak right now, this is I'm glad you brought this up. You are going to be hosting this show by the time we're done. Yeah, sorry, that was a great sorry. transition. That was really good. As we speak right now, it would be you versus Isaac, yeah. Blazers versus Clippers. Oh, my God. Loser leaves town match. Loser leaves town match. Get ready to leave. Uh, I don't know where Isaac would go. He's from L.A. He's from L.A. He would Isaac, go back you, to New York. Uh, you can go to Portland, Isaac. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think I would love it. I'm sure. Yeah. It seems like a beautiful town. I liked Seattle when I was there. We're not how talking about you, Seattle. How do you guys feel <laughs> about that matchup? No. Yeah. Again, love the Blazers, love everything about Portland, the aesthetic, the whole bit. The Clippers, as people who listen to Heat Check know— is the team that if I were any team that's not the Warriors and Rockets, yeah. the Clippers are the team I'd least want to face. You think so? They're playing great. They and, really are playing great. And they great. got nothing to lose. And they're so grimy, yeah. They're so, like, who do you key on? Doc Rivers just yeah. got an extension. He's feeling himself. Like, I mean, is Patrick Beverly and Danilo Gallinari like this year's version of Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis? It's a weird thing. Us. Lou is killing it. Yeah. Like, oh, Lou's so good. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, uh, all of a sudden, Landry Shamit and Zubach, and like, this is a nice, fun team with interchangeable parts. They're super deep. They're a professional team. I don't know who you'd key on. They are deep, but like, when the bench gets a little bit shorter in the playoffs, you know, mm -hmm. when all of a sudden you're playing seven, eight, nine guys instead of 10, 11. This is how it works. I think then maybe the Blazers have an advantage. Also, if we have home court, honestly, I just I hope they play the Clippers because I haven't been able to go to a lot of Blazer games this year. And I love going to Staples Center. You could just come here. When you, the just, you wouldn't even have to leave. I wouldn't have to leave at all. I wouldn't have to fly up to Portland. I could bring Isaac. This I, would be great. I could wear like a full Portland Trailblazers uniform. I'm planning on getting the shorts if I, they make it to the playoffs And you get kicked here. out of Staples Center by me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just assumed uh, <laughs> that you would have that stuff already. I've never broken it out at a game. 
But I'm ready to go full, like the warm-ups, the shorts, everything. Everybody knows you and Myers Leonard. Yeah. Best friends for life. Great friends. And so I just assumed that he would supply you with all this gear. I wonder what Myers, what his gear would look like on me. Like those shorts would be very, very long, I feel like. He is the most ripped up NBA person he's, I've ever seen. It's crazy what he looks like. Yeah. Like he's like an he, action figure. I feel like if he played in like the 70s, he would have been putting up Wilt Chamberlain numbers just because nobody'd seen what he looked like <laughs> before, you know? It's interesting that you mentioned the uniform thing where we've immediately veered off topic. But yeah. <laughs> Um, the when I was watching the NCAA tournament this weekend, did you watch any NCAA tournament? I watched a little bit of it, yeah. The I watched the Duke short, game last night. The short, short thing? Yeah. Kind of coming back in the I college. love it. I like it too. Yes. If you're a grown man, shorts shouldn't go past your knee. Yeah. It's something Show I've read leg. in both GQ and Esquire mm, and at you, the airport. Yeah. <laughs> Always at the, at airport. the airport. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get it. I like showing a little leg. You know what I mean? You're an amazing athlete. You got like fantastic mm -hmm. thighs. Why not hike those shorts up a little bit? Show a little late. Isaac, where are you on short shorts for NBA players or, or even college players? I think if you're a phenomenal athlete, you're allowed to show however much of your leg as you want. Yeah. Uh, if you're not an NBA athlete, uh, you know, keep it at a moderate amount. I'm, I disagree. I think everybody should go the shortest shorts possible. I'm talking, I want like Rocky mm -hmm. and Apollo running like down the Stockton? beach. John Stockton ass shorts. I always liked it. Celebrating in the surf. I think if uh, <laughs> if it ends up as Blazers and Clippers, you got to both do the short shorts. You yeah. go together the game. You'll sit together. We'll get you seats. He, you can wear an olden Polynesian throwback, mm -hmm. just full kit. That's Isaac, good. that's good institutional <laughs> memory. I'll, I'll do like a uh, I'll do a Darnell Valentine look. Is there any consternation for you with CJ McCollum? Oh, like, am I upset that he's hurt or like worried? Are you a little worried? Are you a little worried? I'm a little bit worried. Yeah. I mean, the last few games, it's been like Dame Lillard unleashed, mm -hmm. which has been pretty crazy to watch. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a little worried. CJ. A little C nervous. A little nervous. I mean, that knee injury, who did it keep out? It, it's kept like Kevin Garnett out of a full run of playoffs before. Sure. That knee injury. But he was a little older. Yeah. He's a lot bigger. A lot bigger. Yeah. And I mean, CJ, like, I guess that's what you hear about shooters if like one nagging injury is there. It can show off, throw off their entire, like, the mechanics of their jump shot. Mm -hmm. And I'm a little bit worried about that with CJ. But even just having him out there in some aspect, just having the threat of CJ out there, even if he's not at 100%, I think that'll still be good enough to get us past the first You're round. You're very optimistic. I, I like am this very about optimistic. You. I'm knocking yeah. on wood, though. It's a tough spot for me. It's like choosing between my, my two favorite children here yeah. between you two because yeah. I want good things for Isaac and the Clippers. I want good things for the Blazers, of course. I'm a little worried about what happens to the Blazers. Like, obviously, last year, very disappointing playoff yes. performance. Good news, no matter who you play, Anthony Davis won't be on that team. He won't be there. Won't be there. No. However, I wonder what happens if they have another disappointing first-round playoff performance. Like, is Terry Stotts the scapegoat? I Does mean, Neil O'Shea yeah. have to trade one of the two big pieces? Does he move Nurk around? Like, what happens with the Blazers if this isn't a good And I think there's some people who would like, some Blazers fans who would prefer that. But I fall in the other camp. I'm somebody who just enjoys, I like going to the playoffs every year. I like getting, like, one, sometimes two rounds of the playoffs. So, personally... I would hate if that happened, but I think it probably would. If they get knocked out in the first round again, something's going to happen. It's such an interesting like perspective on fandom that you have. Like, yeah. and we've talked about this before because the Sixers forever and a day in, especially in the aughts during like the Doug Collins era, oh, like yeah. that group, they were just kind of like semi-relevant, mediocre middle. Mm -hmm. Like there was a year where they almost made the Eastern Conference Finals. With, I remember, like, yeah. I was talking to Thad Young about it when they when the Pacers were in town to play the Clippers. Uh, they lost. But we were like, oh, remember that team? Like like it had Spencer Hawes and Drew Holiday and Iguodala and Evan Turner. And they, they were, were like, fun. They were a good, competent team. They were almost kind of like the Clippers are now where they were like good and relevant. You didn't want to play them, but they probably had a ceiling that was lower they than it should be. a lower ceiling, but like there were no bad players, right? Yeah, yeah. they were just good. And that kind of got boring to me after a while, but the Blazers have essentially been that 
for as long as I can remember. They've been, they've been, I mean, some bad players on the Blazers, but yeah. like, yeah, but they've been like recklessly competent <laughs> for like almost my entire life as a Blazer fan. We've been in the lottery very few times. You had the Batum and yeah. the LMA era where it was yeah. like, it was a fun group. Those teams were really fun. Mm -hmm. Wesley Matthews was on those yeah. teams. Yeah. I don't know. They've had like really good personalities and there's something about the way the city just wraps its arms around the team and the team sometimes wraps its arms back mm -hmm. that like, I don't know, in Philly where you have like other teams that like- There's no arm wrapping. No, there's not a lot it's of arm wrapping. It's arming and yeah. like, I'd prefer you didn't touch me. And battery throwing and booing. <laughs> of yeah. course, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but in Portland, I don't know, maybe it's because it's the only show in town, but like, I've just been like, great. You know, these guys seem like good dudes and it's fun to watch them in a round or two of the playoffs. But uh, I think I'm alone in that. I don't know. Paul Allen passing and mm -hmm. like the questionable ownership situation does like, if it is time to fire Olshay, why are you not buying that, that team? You are a, a famous yeah. person, as yeah. we've established. You have multiple jobs, right? Super rich and successful, yeah. and you have your start. You're about to get a starter yacht. I'm about. I'm working on my first yacht. Yeah. So maybe maybe you you allocate some of those funds. You buy the team. My money's all tied up in gummy bears right yeah. now. I'm not liquid. That's <laughs> right, the problem. Yeah. You, you need to diversify your portfolio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Some gummy worms, a some yacht, so, yeah, and a a team. soda bottles, a yeah. yacht. Yeah. And I'm looking. I'll try to buy the Blazers within the next twenty years. Uh, before we move on to all entertainment team between oh, yeah. the, between the two of you, you forgot about it already. <laughs> <laughs> between, between the two of you, uh, should we have a little wager? Is there going to be a wager if you guys play each other? Yes, absolutely. I mean, what should we uh, bet? Maybe a dinner at this wonderful restaurant oh, that yeah. you're talking yeah. about. I think yeah. we have to go to Spoon by H wearing uh, wearing jerseys of whichever team oh. wins the first round series. Oh, that's good. That's good. Okay. And then whoever whoever wins, oh, no, whoever loses will pick up the check. Whoever loses picks up the check. Yeah. And the good part is I am not involved in either of this. So you'll just pay. Either one of you will pick up the and check for me. You come along, I'll but you come. do have to wear the jersey still. Oh, I'll yeah, wear yeah, the yeah. jerseys, yeah, yeah. but I want the free meal. And this is a no undershirt jersey situation. This is arms <laughs> oh, out. I like this. <laughs> yeah. All right, this so is, we're in agreement on this. No undershirt, jersey. Yeah. Pick up the check. Pick up the check. Isaac, you're on board. Yeah, here's our here's our audio handshake right here. All right. Isaac makes a lot of money, too. Yeah. The ringer pays him big bucks. <laughs> he pockets over it's there. It's going to be excellent. He's uh, actually part of the team of investors I'm putting together to buy the Trailblazers. <laughs> it's him. Minority owner. Carrie Brownstein, me, <gasps> and Art Alexakis from Everclear. I think you're there. <laughs> I think you're there. I mean, I, I think you're already the top bid. I think Portugal the Man puts out one more big single. They could probably... They could probably <laughs> Scoop up the blazers pretty easy. <laughs> this is fantastic. All right, let's do the all entertainment team. So let's we're do it. Talking about this, this is a theme that I write about a lot for the Ringer. There are some people uh, like Zach Cram and Charks and Kevin O'Connor yeah. who really get super into the numbers. Right. And they don't I, have a conversational writing style. They they are very smart <laughs> and understand numbers. I am aware that numbers exist. Mm -hmm. I try to pepper them throughout my pieces, but mostly I see the NBA as. Entertain me. Yeah. Right? Like if, I'm the same, I'm the exact same way. I watch the games. I yeah. watch the games, but like I like the whole world. Of I it. like all of the things that are involved, including the basketball, but the things that are swirling around it. The extended NBA cinematic universe. Yes, please. Yeah. So let's put together our all entertainment team and we'll do it as a collaboration. We'll, Beautiful. It could be anything. I don't even know if we'll feel the full team or if it'll just be fans. Yeah. Uh, we should go 15 deep with a D League, too. Exactly. Yeah. And we have a lot of G League guys <laughs> that we want to get onto the oh, team. Oh, G League. My bad, my it's, bad. It's, yeah. it's been updated, but it's the same. Yeah. Uh, you start. You're the guest. You, you pick somebody first for our all entertainment team from this season all right well for an all entertainment team you need a coach mm -hmm. and i think there's yes, only one coach in all of nba who's qualified to have the all entertainment team mm -hmm. it's maybe the funniest man in the nba coach greg popovich i 
You know what? This is a good point. Yeah. He is the funniest man because some people get a little upset about his style. Yeah, I they fucking do. love it. I love it too. I don't have to interview him, you know? <laughs> <laughs> also, I feel like at this point, I feel like there's a chunk maybe in the like mid to early 2000s where like maybe he meant it and he was mm-hmm. kind of being a prick a little bit. But now anymore, it's like- I think I, he's in on the joke. I think he's fully in on the joke. He plays with it. I mean, going all the way back to the, like the hack-a-shack in that first game back after the finals. Yeah. That one year, that's hilarious. He clearly has a great sense of humor. He seems like he'd be fun to get a bottle of wine with, maybe two bottles of oh, wine. Oh, he would have at least two bottles of wine. He'd come to Spoon by H with us, no problem, I think. He would also go without the undershirt on his jersey? I feel like he would. Also, all those weird CIA stories he probably has in his back pocket. He's a really fascinating human being. He's a being. fascinating person. And, uh, I do have to interview him. I have found that if you are asking something thoughtful, he'll give you a thoughtful answer. Yeah. However, I have been party to Many different interviews yeah. where somebody's asked a question and I go, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Even this before is, he you, answers. You're about to get popped. Yeah. Most recently, when they came to play the Los Angeles Lakers and the Lakers beat them, uh, this was like, you know, midseason or something. Yeah. And LeBron just went nuts in the fourth quarter. Right. And he said something like, this poor kid, he was like, I think he was like a super young reporter guy. Yeah. And he goes, hey, you know, what happened there with LeBron in the fourth quarter? Oh, and no. his and his response was, have you seen LeBron? Do you know who LeBron was? And he like cut the interview off and went into the locker room. And then he came out and he started recreating the question and answer where he was doing like a one man routine. It was fantastic. Even that is hilarious. I feel bad for the guy. He was was making fun of the guy to the guy afterwards doing his bet. Greg Popovich is like one of those restaurants you go to where the servers are rude on purpose mm-hmm. and you just kind of have to enjoy it, you know? But it's yeah. the best hot dog in town. You go and you want him to heckle you. Yeah, right? It's a rite of passage. Exactly, yeah. When you see that happen, do you, is there like a vicarious enjoyment for you? A little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think for anybody, right? I mean, me as a comedian, maybe, but just watching it happen or just like, I don't know, his entire existence, even when he is being like a jerk to someone, mm-hmm. there's always like this little grin right behind the surface of it, where, like, I would want him to roast me, you yeah. know? I would love to go ask a stupid question and have we him We need an Ian Carmel roast hosted by Greg Popovich. Hosted by Greg Popovich. We're going to make that happen. I'd love it. We're going to have it on my yacht. Uh, <laughs> 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 Which one? Um, all right. Uh, let's start with, uh, this is a guy I've written about the entire season. Yeah. I can't get away from him. And normally, I would not wish good things for him because he plays for a team that I do not enjoy. Sure, sure. But I love what he's doing to this team, not so much for this team. Okay. That's one Kyrie Irving. Oh, yeah. He's got to be on our all-entertainment team. He's been doing it all season. Like he said, he had a commercial at the beginning of the season. Yes. Where it was, he wanted to have his number retired, right? Like, I hope one day yeah. my number will be in the rafters. Shortly afterwards, he followed that up by, I don't know if I'm going to stick around. Ask me on July 1. Yeah, ask me at the end of the season. I don't know anybody. shit. He made a call to LeBron, pining away for yeah. LeBron. He called, hey, you up? There was the video at All-Star Game where it was him and, and, and Kevin around the tunnel. And there was a prudering it. Yeah. Did, did he just say that there could be two max slots? Most recently, he was trying to coach them up before the San Antonio Spurs game. Yeah. Talk to young guys. Hey, you can do this, blah, blah, blah. They didn't listen at all. No. Got blown out by the Spurs. <laughs> and then on top of this, I'm going to show you this. It's yeah. a podcast. So this is going to go over great for everybody listening. He put something up that was like on his Instagram that had like uh, the all seeing eye. And oh, it, yeah. And it looks a little bit like some stonemason shit. And he says, I'm most, most grateful for my time capsule on this motherly earth. Did you see this? No, I didn't see that. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's the Zodiac. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Rest easy, Ted Cruz. It's now Kyrie Irving. Weaving spiders into not here. What is that thing that the 
Ugh, is I that not it. incredible? That's crazy. So he just posted this. I have no idea what any of that it's shit means. It's in the middle means. of the Star of David, so I'm in. I think I, what he's saying is the team he's signing with next is the Jews, and we'd love yeah. to have him. <laughs> we would love to have Kyrie Irving. He's going to have to change his name from Kyrie Irving to Irving Schlossberg or something like it's that. It's going to go great. But he can keep the Irving. He's halfway there. Yeah. He's halfway there already. <laughs> uh, this guy has has single-handedly torpedoed the Celtics. Simmons, who, bless his heart, the checks keep clearing, yeah. although who knows, this might be my last heat check, as Isaac would say, <laughs> don't get fired, um, has said repeatedly that he, he thinks like he probably would want him to go. It might be addition by subtraction. It could be a Ewing theory thing. I hear a lot of that. I want them to re-sign him, yes. and I want him to... Now I do want him to be a Celtic for life. I do, too. Oh, yeah, I want that jersey up in the rafters. You Put know? it up there. <laughs> Even if it's, like, uh, in the Hall of Mistaken jersey retirements or whatever. But, like, uh, he just keeps creating content. Mm -hmm. All season long, it's been content, content, content. It's incredible. There's been ups and downs. You know, it's like there's been an, a strong act two where everything got really dark. Yeah. And then there was the plane ride. They had the plane ride. They were supposed to fix everything. And then it got dark again. They got to get back on the plane. They got to get back on the plane. They need another long road trip. But he is amazing. I mean, for every, from, from flat earth all the way up until his little like plane ride that fixed everything. Well, I, I think I know your sensibility here. Yeah. I love that flat earth shit. I, I love the stone mason yeah. shit. There are people at the ringer. It drives them fucking insane. I, I see people tweeting about it every now and then. I've heard, even seen people say it's like irresponsible for him to push that. Like Chris Ryan is not here for it. And I'm like, I want all of it. I love it. I, oh, I hope he, I hope he comes out saying shit. dinosaurs exist still next. <laughs> and that Boban Marvajanovic is one of them or something like that. <laughs> uh, I want all that crazy stuff. I'm not trying to get my science facts from a point guard on the Celtics. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, I think want the opposite. I think it's hilarious. The more wild shit that he can get into, the better. Kyrie, thank you for everything. I for wish your Steph service. Curry never would have walked his take back yeah, on. Yeah, let it, let it out there. Uh, give me somebody else for our all entertainment team. All right, for our all entertainment team, I'm uh, okay. I'm going to take somebody who is entertaining when he's on the court, mm -hmm. but has no choice but to focus on entertainment now that the Lakers aren't making the playoffs. You are very excited about taking this. LeBron James. Oh, I love it on the all entertainment team. Of course, on the basketball court, amazing. Mm -hmm. Still, every now and then, you know, got the springs. He can go for a big dunk, make a super athletic move, but uh, just watching the Lakers fall apart like this yeah. has warmed my Portland Trailblazer loving heart so much. There, I believe it was the Ringer account that when they were officially eliminated from the playoffs, yeah. we sent something out, and I saw one of the very first replies yeah. was one Ian Carmel, yep. and <laughs> it was just basically it that in tweet laughing. form, you yeah. just laughing a bunch, <laughs> and then you said, yeah, but seriously, you hate to see that or whatever. You hate it was, to see it. It's unfortunate. Uh, I mean, you, I do hate to not have LeBron James in the playoffs. He's an amazing basketball sure. player, but listen. This season of the Lakers has been like watching a great episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. You cringe all the way through it, but at the end, you're very satisfied. Are you surprised? I'm super surprised. Where did I, you have them before the no, season? No, I tweeted. I thought I thought they were probably going to make the playoffs, mm -hmm. but I thought it was going to be like a 6-7-8. Okay. And I also thought like the team was purposely constructed so that they weren't a serious contender. One of my favorite moments of the season happened before the season yeah. when we were at media day and Magic Johnson was talking about the, the roster construction. The rest of us were like you. I'm like, I thought that they were still going to be good because my whole, the only math equation that I've ever needed yeah. was LeBron James equals playoffs. Right, like, exactly. Plus whoever equals playoffs, doesn't matter. But so we're sitting there and Magic Johnson's like, we constructed this roster, me and Rob Palenka, yeah. based on what we saw in the playoffs. That's and I'm like, what playoffs were you, were you watching? The EuroLeague playoffs? Right, exactly. Was it like the, the 1988 where they had Otis Thorpe dialed up on like the VHS? None of these dudes can shoot. No. Like, who did you put on this team? You got Rondo. You got Beasley. You it's got Lance. Crazy. It's you brought in JaVale McGee. 
to be fair to the Lakers, there were a lot of injuries. Of mm-hmm. course, LeBron sure. missed 20, Lonzo, Ingram, and all that stuff. But even if everybody had been healthy the whole season, I'm not sure. Also, everybody's saying, oh, LeBron, le- you know, he missed 20 games, and that's why they missed the playoffs. He's 34. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of miles on him. A lot of miles on him. Like, him missing a lot of games, is that's going to be part and parcel of the whole LeBron James experience from here on out, I think. So it's not really a great excuse either. But you, like you said, this is the all-entertainment team. Yes. And now he's got a zillion things going on oh, in the that production company can really kick into high gear. So in addition to the shop and uh, uninterrupted his podcast, I'm giving him like a free advertisement yeah, yeah. on the Ringer Podcast. Listen to all the Ringer Podcast first and right. then all and fantasy then everything. Really and then, the other shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's doing Space Jam too. The thing I'm kind of interested in though, because yeah. I've been watching the NCAA tournament and they've been fucking <laughs> oh, yeah. bombarding us. What is that Miles show hosted by Tim Tebow? I don't know. It's crazy. We have to get together and watch that. I, yeah, watch parties. Absolutely. I'm fully in what? on it. What is, is it, that? like a million dollar mile or something know. like that? It's Crocodile I, mile? Uh, <laughs> I, guess it's, I guess it's kind of like a Ninja Warrior, but not. It's a Ninja Warrior. It looks like you have to run a mile through a Ninja Warrior course. That sounds hard. While an athlete is chasing you? <laughs> Tim Tebow is chasing yeah, you, yeah. yelling. What if it's Vince Wilfork, though? <laughs> depends on your right. It's, it's just kind of easy. Well, you, if he catches you, though, and you're fucked. Then you're, you're completely yeah, you fucked. You don't want that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so good luck with LeBron and his entertainment endeavors. Absolutely. That's crazy. He's got more, like, shows and movies in development than people who are, like, just producers. Yeah, you know and he plays I mean? basketball and on the side. he plays basketball. But a couple weeks ago or a month ago, whatever it was, he goes, you know what? You really got to focus and ask yourself. Is basketball the most important thing to you? Because if not, why are you doing this? Yeah. Meanwhile, I was like, I got to go. Uh, Space Jam 2 yeah. call time? <laughs> I got to get out of here. By the way, I got to go look at specs for Lola Bunny's outfit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so shouts to LeBron. All right. Uh, another person for our, uh, we got two players, a coach. Yeah. For entertainment, right? You got to, you have the people who are doing the entertaining, the yes. entertainers, and the people like me who are being entertained. So I would say that we need somebody to be entertained. We need a fan. Sure, sure. So I'm going to add a fan to our team. Oh, great. And I've been thinking about this a lot because as a Philadelphian, you don't get a lot of famous people. No, no. Like, yeah. like Will Smith is from there, but Will Smith doesn't really go back much anymore. Yeah, Will Smith is from Mars, I think. <laughs> sure, sure. But he would like he would like pop in sometimes. Yeah. And like he doesn't really pop in anymore. M. Night Shyamalan for a while sure, would like right. show up. Before Meek went away and uh, Meek was with Nikki, yeah. Meek and Nikki would sit courtside. That was fun. I remember that. And, yeah. and our announcer, Mark Zumoff, used to get very excited when Nikki would show up. Oh, yeah. Loves Nick. <laughs> like, he'd be like super thirsty. Just because he's a big fan of the music, right? Loves the music. Yeah. He's always listening to music. Uh, but I'm going to go with our current super fan. Okay. Kendall Jenner. Oh, yeah. Who sits courtside. They have, they, her and Ben Simmons are together. They call them Bendel. And according to Lindsay Zolads, yeah. who wrote the most and best investigative piece in Ringer history. Yes. She went back and looked at this. Apparently the Sixers, and this might be updated if they played more recently, but apparently when she's in the arena, they're 15 and three. That's crazy. She she's should be up for sixth, sixth man of the year. They should put her on the plane. They should bring her with. Yes. She goes on the road. There's no excuse to not have her at every game. Is she the billionaire or is that Kylie? She, I'm not good with them. I'm it's not Kylie. Either. It's Kylie? It is Kylie. Kylie's the billionaire, yeah. So Kendall, you know. The, and she probably needs to work. And they're definitely different, right? <laughs> they're we're, de- sure, we're sure, sure about two that. They're two people. separate human beings. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Recently, whichever one is the billionaire, I remember I got a push alert. Yeah. And it was uh, the youngest ever self-made, self-made, and I'm doing the quote thing, yeah. self-made billionaire. We're using that loosely. Self-made, yeah. I, you got to get them in the investment group for the yacht and oh, the team. They should buy the team. Wow. If the Jenners bought the Blazers, I'd be very I into that. I assume you know them. 
I'm great friends with the Jenners. Have, they go to the. I would, Chloe Kardashian ho- when I w- used to be on Chelsea lately. Chloe Kardashian hosted a couple episodes. Mm-hmm. Chloe Kardashian is funny. Yeah. Oh yeah, she'd come into the morning meetings and like talk a bunch of bullshit for like an hour and then take off. It was amazing. <laughs> she was like hilarious, and then she show back up and host the show and do a good job. Chloe Kardashian, sincerely entertaining. We've got to, I I need you to circulate them into our world. But as fans go, for Philadelphia, as you mentioned, I mean, most of us are just, they give us a battery, we're throwing batteries, right? right? Who who are we in the stands? Toss the sandwiches of people. Of course, yeah, yeah, you eat part of it and you toss it. Right, you Uh, go to Danick's, you get one to go. You know about Danick's. I know about Philadelphia knowledge. uh, I appreciate, you know, your audience. Uh, Mm -hmm. But for us to have a, a... Kendall, a not Kylie, who are two different people as we've established. Absolutely two different Court people. Courtside, that's big for Philadelphia. That's wonderful. Great, great member of the team. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll take it. All right. I'm going to put, I think we need a shooting guard. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go get Victor Oladipo and his amazing singing voice and his raunchy lyrics to his songs. I love you for this <laughs> for multiple reasons. One, just an inspired pick. Oh, yeah. Two, we talked about this at length on this program, and also I went on NBA Desktop to break down the lyrics. I had since forgotten about it. Yeah. Listen, he checked listeners. If you have not heard this. Oh, man. It is just eight or ten tracks of straight up Victor Oladipo being the thirstiest, horniest motherfucker on the planet. Straight up thirst. And not subtle. No. There's very little poetry to it. No. He attacks the lyrics like he gets to the rim. <laughs> It's, it's reckless, downhill. it's physical, it's downhill. <laughs> we won't repeat any of the lyrics on here, but do yourself a favor and go look them up. Also, beautiful singing voice. How many gifts should one man have? You Pretty know? good, actually. Yeah. I would have perhaps counseled him about like tweaking something. Like he, yeah, he could have yeah. used an editor. I, as a writer, definitely could have used an editor. I, I will tell you that a good editor is worth his weight in gold. Yeah. Like as somebody who can save you from yourself. I don't think anybody looked at this thing before it went up. I think this was Victor Oladipo Productions presents Victor Oladipo <laughs> singing Victor Oladipo's hits. I think he did was... the <laughs> auto tunes in his basement yeah, and he put that. that shit out. <laughs> it is really good. But though. He, he can sing. He can play basketball. He's the Isaac Lee of the NBA. Yeah, he's yeah. amazing. Isaac, as our uh, resident heat check musician and singer, you have multiple platinum songs mm-hmm. out, including mm-hmm. Sell the Team and uh, the Luca song. Of course. What, what did you make of Victor Oladipo's turn as a musician? Oh, I love his voice. He has a great voice. Um, I do think he was a little too, what's the word, upfront about his dehydration. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think he should have... Uh, requested hydration a different way mm-hmm. maybe a little more subtle <laughs> manner can we please get and I, and I think I speak for everybody here yeah. I, you know if I may be so bold can we please get a Victor Oladipo ice to ice crossover oh, collaboration that has to happen this summer listen I'm I'm down for it if Vic is Tommy Alter one of our one of our guys here at the ringer is yeah. good friends with Vic so uh, you know what's what's going on Tommy I'm calling you out let's make it happen all right, so I love that. I love Victor Oladipo. I feel like we need like an owner here. Oh yeah, right. You gotta have Absolutely. an owner. Uh, it would be you. You haven't bought the team quite Thank yet. Thank you. I'm not in the game quite yet. Uh, but I would pick you. I'm still selling off. I told my broker to sell off some of these gummy bear assets, so <laughs> we're we're in motion. You're gonna get a lot for it. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited about it. I, I gotta go to New York. Oh yeah. I gotta go to <laughs> I gotta go to James Dolan, who yeah. is in the entertainment business. Sure. He's, he's an accomplished musician in Shady his own and right. Straight shot, absolutely. Straight shot, and also uh, one of the more thick-skinned owners, yeah, right? Like yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah. let much stuff get to him. Speaking has, of self-made billionaires, self-made yeah. billionaire <laughs> hasn't tried to kick out basically all of New York from both his Knicks games and his performances and his concerts. JD and the straight shots. Uh, that's that really hurts. Not being able to see a Nick game, whatever, but not being able to see JD in the straight shot. We should go to that as well. I would we have a to. lot of plans. As a, a performer in your own right, yeah. you have, I'm sure, been heckled. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You still want people to be at your shows and, and listen to you Absolutely. give your performances. Could you imagine stopping and being like, you know what? You Maybe you should go. You leave forever. You no. get out. You get out and don't come back. You roast him back a little bit, you know? Yeah. You Maybe you maybe you coach him up a little bit. You turn it. I would love if, if you James Dolan is James listening Dolan. to this, and I'm sure he is. Uh, <laughs> this is a big fan. Billionaires respect billionaires. Uh, I would love to come over. We'll do like a uh, MTV made. I want to be a stand-up comedian. Yes. Me and James Dolan. And I'll teach him how to take heckling. Also, you're in New York. Right, like it's the heckling capital of the world. The fucking heckling yeah. capital of the world. Where else would people you? People are shouting each other all the time. I get off at the train station, and yeah. I'm just like, well, I'm probably gonna get heckled like, by get some random. That's right. <laughs> go back to Philly. All right, that's a good point. I understand where I am. Uh, James, learn how to pronounce water right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I love James Dolan yeah. in the same way that I love Kyrie Irving. Right, exactly. He's, same way. Wouldn't want to be friends with him. No, pure entertainment. Wouldn't I might want to be friends with Kyrie, him. but definitely wouldn't want to work yeah. with James Dolan. Yeah. But I'm excited that he owns the Knicks, and I hope he never sells. Uh, I saw, just real quick, when uh, I worked for Chelsea Handler again. Yeah. Her manager was Irving Azoff, mm-hmm. who is friends with James Dolan. I think they own the forum together or something like that. So the Eagles were getting back together to play a concert for the reopening of the L.A. Forum. And there was like a invite-only. There were big tables, and Chelsea mm-hmm. bought one of the tables. It was to raise money for a cancer charity. And uh, we all went to it, a bunch of the writers, and we sat there, and— uh, Irving and I think uh, and uh, James Dolan spoke a little bit. It was really nice. And then Joan Baez went up and sang yeah? three songs. It was a beautiful. I bet Joan Baez still got it. Amazing pipes. Saying uh, what is that song? Diamonds and Rust. Or, uh, I'm sure I'm fucking that up. But uh, anyway, amazing. Joan Baez went up, and then we were sitting there like, surely the Eagles are next. Yeah, because this is a the Eagles concert. Joan Baez just sang. Who would go up between Joan Baez and the Eagles? J.D. and the Straight Shot. Shut the fuck up. They went up and played like 10 songs while James Dolan stood up there with his hands in his pockets the entire time singing with like a pretty good band behind him, but like him. And they did like 10 songs. And then the Eagles went up and did like five songs. I think I would rather see J.D. and the Straight Shots than the Eagles. I think I would have been like, ah, the Eagles, fuck the Eagles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm no huge Eagles fan, but the gall to be like, all right, Joan Baez goes yeah. up and then me. Yeah. And then and the then Eagles, the Eagles. Of course. Yeah. What a maniac. What balls. It was crazy. What balls. James also, Dolan. They played more songs than the Eagles and Joan Baez combined. It's really amazing. Yeah. Uh, the stones on that dude, bless yeah. his heart, stay with that team forever. I know that you have to go. I, I want to go. go run one more quick thing past Please. you. Just as a, I would like to add a social media team to our team. Oh, uh, yeah. To our team. Because we, we've got like two players and just like a whole front office right. structure. And then a fan. So nobody's <laughs> actually like playing. I like how they built the Lakers team. last year. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to add the, the Orlando Magic social media team. Okay. For sending out a tweet on behalf of Markel Fultz. Last year, they sent out, congrats to Shelvin Mack for leading us in assists. I remember. And it was like 2.8 assists yeah. per game. It was amazing. <laughs> this year, they sent out a tweet on behalf of Markel Fultz. It said, the Markel Fultz effect. Yeah. And then it had him in a magic uniform. Along with the quote, I'm just glad to be here to be able to support these guys as we push for the playoffs. Wow. Fucking amazing. Magic, oh my God. social media team, welcome to the all entertainment heat check team. They're like a, they're like the Harmony Corinne of Twitter. It's like heartbreaking. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. Poor Markel Fultz is yeah. just like, yay, yay. Yay. Oh, he's become a mascot, even yay. in Orlando. Yeah, it's really tough. Getting magic shade. Uh, shout out to the Trailblazers social media team, too. Shout out they're to very they, good. They actually are yeah, very yeah, good. Yeah. They're, they're the reverse of the Orlando Magic. Uh, he's the head writer of The Late Late Show with James Corden. He's the host of All Fantasy Everything. You can catch his stand-up special on Netflix. He's everywhere. He's also, if I may be so bold, please, handsome, oh, smart, oh, rich, on. funny. Absolutely. 
if I may say, this was a terrible day for your enemies. This wasn't, it was yet another terrible day for our enemies. It's Ian Carmel. Shout out Mike Malloy. Yeah. <laughs> Ian, we love you, buddy. I love you. Thank you so much for having me on. All right, thanks to Ian Carmel for joining us before we bring in Chris Almeida. We want to tell you about the NBA Watch of the Night. Sixers at the Magic on NBA TV. As we mentioned, uh, the Magic's social media team sent that thing out about Fultz. This is basically Fultz's revenge. He's going to root them to victory tonight, Isaac. <laughs> yeah, just uh, playing from the bench or something like that. He's going to cheer so hard. He, no one has ever cheered harder. And uh, really, like that's what you need from a guy who the Sixers spent two first-round draft picks on. You want him to be on the bench in Orlando just rooting real hard at this point of the season. So I think that that's a success for everybody. Uh, he's here to do two things. He's going to kick ass and cheer, and he's all out of asses to kick. It's the Markel Fultz effect. Be sure to check out the Sixers at the Magic on NBA TV, followed by the Nets and Ian Carmel's Blazers on NBA TV. Big doubleheader. Remember, gang, if you want to watch every NBA game, subscribe to NBA League Pass on NBA.com or from your preferred video provider. Before we get to Chris Almeida, a quick word from our sponsors. Today's episode of Heat Check is brought to you by ADT Real Protection. When it comes to something as important as your family's safety, you deserve real protection from ADT. Real protection means the nation's number one smart home security provider is standing by and there for you when you need them. Real protection means having a safe and smart home with everything from video doorbells, surveillance cameras, smart locks, lights, carbon monoxide, and smoke detectors in a system that's custom designed to fit your lifestyle. And setting up custom automations to do things like lock the doors and set the thermostat when you leave. The future is now. Real protection means staying safe on the go in the car or when your kids are at school with the ADT Go app and SOS button. Real protection means 18,000 employees safeguarding you. Real protection means direct connections with first responders. No matter how you define safety for you, your family, or your business, ADT is there. ADT, real protection. Visit ADT.com slash podcast to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you. Today's Heat Check is also brought to you by SHIP. Men, are you looking for a new way to date online? Well, listen up. SHIP. S-H-I-P. I've heard, I don't know, I want to just warn my wife about this. I've heard that it's awesome. I haven't checked it out. Apparently, it's 75% women right now. That makes your odds, quote, awesome. And in addition to searching for someone special on your own, you can even recruit your in-a-relationship or married friends to join your crew and help you date. I would be in that category. I would be helping Isaac Lee on ship find his paramour because I'm his wingman. That's right. Ship is the new dating app that lets your friends set you up. Here's how it works. If you're single, you sign up and you invite your friends to join your crew. If you're not single, you just sign up and invite a single friend that you want to find matches for. So I would go on there ostensibly and set up Isaac Lee, uh, who, by the way, ladies, eligible, very eligible. Go out there and get it, Isaac Lee. Then you start looking for matches either for yourself or for your friend. The best part is there's a group chat so you and your friends can look at people's profiles together. Strategize on your opening line is going to be. You got to plan these things out, apparently. I've been out of the dating game for a long time. Dating is more fun when you do it with your friends. Download Ship for free at GetShipped.com slash NBA and start today. That's GetShipped.com slash NBA. As soon as I get off the air, I'm going to get on this thing and find matches for Isaac Lee. And now let's bring in Chris Almeida. Boom shakalaka! He's heating up. He's on fire! All right, joining us on the other line for the first time ever, I'm very excited to have him, an editorial assistant. Chris Almeida is here. What's up, Chris? 
Hey, happy to be here. This is exciting. The last time I saw you, we were both in Washington, D.C. You are a Wizards super fan. You were one of several. Uh, we, we actually have like an unusual proportion of Wizards fans between you and House and Quack. And y- you were not excited about the way that the Wizards played last year. No, not really. Uh, I, yeah, all of our Wizards fans seem to be in the New York office. We all sit in one room and kind of rile each other up. It's for the best. We, we, we keep you guys cordoned off. We're just going to send House up there and he'll be in the office with you. Oh, that'll make things a bit louder. <laughs> so you were not you were not thrilled with the way they played last year. You were clearly not thrilled with the way that they're playing this year. Uh, but you're muddling through. Yeah, I guess so. You know, I've gotten used to it at this point. Uh, I was kind of early as far as Wizards fans go on the this isn't working train. And mm-hmm. so I guess I haven't been too disappointed with last season or this season. Really, I'm more focused on where the team is trying to go. And I don't think they know. Yeah, which is uh, par for the Wizards, and I really enjoy it in the same way that I enjoy when Boston fails. So Godspeed to Washington, (laughs) uh, to you, and to all of our Wizards fans. Uh, You wear a lot of hats here at TheRinger.com. You edited Dan Devine's piece, Breaking Down the Coach of the Year Race. So I wanted to get into that with you because I also similarly just wrote about Doc Rivers, about how he signed an extension unbeknownst to a lot of people with the Clippers that took away his out clause. Doc Rivers, not just with the Clippers, but thriving with the Clippers. And so I just wanted to like talk about the Coach of the Year Race with you. I assume that you think Scott Brooks should win it, but we'll just put him off to the side. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Scott Brooks is having a killer season. (laughs) But let's go through the different candidates, and uh, you start off and and walk me through who we think will be in this race, and then at the end, you and I will discuss who we think should win. So, yeah, obviously, Dan's piece led off with Doc, and I guess we have to talk about him, not just to cozy up to Isaac, but there's a case to be made there, certainly after the Clippers have succeeded a lot more than we would think. This is absolutely a successful season for them. Like I I wrote up in my piece, depending on the forecast that you liked, 538 and ESPN had them around 33, 35 wins. Neither of them Mm -hmm. forecasted that they make the playoffs. I for sure as hell didn't think that Doc Rivers would still be around right now, let alone have them in the five seed about to challenge the Blazers. Like they are for sure having a good season. Yeah, they're really in the thick of it. Even after offloading, you know, their best player in the middle of the season, they've really kind of just seemed to go here to get behind Doc's system. And I got to admit, I wasn't very high on Doc any time in really the last few years. I thought, oh, like he in Boston was blessed with a lot of talent and he had a good roster there and that can explain a lot of his success. And especially after the Lob City area didn't quite work out, I thought that this would be the end of him at least in the Clippers organization after he got stripped of his managerial duties. But, you know, they've been really impressive this year. And I'm sure that, like, now they have the assets to kind of improve moving forward. So he's certainly a contender in this race. He wouldn't be my pick, but he's up there, yeah. Uh, Right now they are 44 and 30 as we record this. They've moved just ahead of the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, Jazz, San Antonio Spurs into that fifth seed. You mentioned, like, the personnel... I thought that that was going to spell curtains for him because the knock on Doc for a long, long time, whenever you would talk to people around the league, you mentioned Boston and then like the Lob City era. He always had super high top end talent, right? And Mm -hmm. as a result of that, those were teams that we're trying to win right now. And they weren't really focused on later. So the knock against Doc was, oh, Doc doesn't want to develop the young guys. He doesn't want to play any young guys. He's not interested in that. It was sort of a chicken or the egg scenario. Was it because of the guys that he had? Like he always had a big three or big four. So why would he play them? Or was he just like not interested in it? And so when he, when they started 
into this transition period, people expected, oh, well, this is not for Doc. This is not what he does. And somewhere along the way, after they stripped him of his title, like I thought that that was going to be an insult too far, but somewhere along the way, he just started coaching and he's been really good at dealing with all these interchangeable young guys. And like kudos to Doc, kudos to the Clippers. Somehow this works. It works. Yeah, maybe this is what he needed all along just to get Austin out of there, then get, get uh, Austin the out of there. Out of there. <laughs> <laughs> Free yeah. from all your constraints. Bless his heart. Bless his heart. Uh, all right, give me another candidate. Who, who else is on our list? Coach Bud would be the next guy we need to talk about. The Bucks are the best team in the NBA, mm-hmm. at least by record. They look like the favorite to win the East, perhaps. I don't know. With the slew of recent injuries, I, I guess we'll see how well they fare, especially in the seven-game series. We'll see how quickly Brogdon gets healthy again. Yeah, but, that's a killer. Yeah. But the way that he's built that system around Giannis, I mean— You talk about the other big teams in the East, or at least uh, Boston and Philadelphia, being teams that have too much talent and they don't quite know how to work with it. And I think that what you see when you look at the Bucs is they know exactly how to work with what they have. So that's what you saw with Bud a few years ago when Atlanta had that 60-win season. You know, you had a great system. Everyone knew how to play within it, and that worked until you got to the playoffs where if you don't have a really great player, it's probably not going to work out for you. Now he is a really great player. So I feel a lot better about how this is all going to go moving forward. But certainly in the regular season, what he's done looks incredible. Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, best record in the NBA, best defensive rating in the NBA, best net rating in the NBA. I think it's really, not to oversimplify this, but the idea of, okay, we've got this superstar in Giannis. How can we optimize what he does well? He does a lot of things well. He does basically everything well, but shoot from the outside. So what should we do? Oh, you know, it's fairly simple. Let's just surround him with a bunch of shooters. It's not obviously that simple, but for Bud to bring in uh, a system that amplifies everything and complements everything that Giannis does well is Fantastic. I mean, they this is the Bucks team that was promised forever. We thought <laughs> like, oh, what would what would happen if they like surrounded Giannis with some really good guys? Turns out they already had a lot of good guys in Chris Middleton. I'm not huge on Malcolm Brogdon, but he's more useful than I give him credit for for sure. Eric Pledzo is having a comeback season. Fucking Brooke Lopez, like <laughs> w- which the Lakers can would shoot the three now. Yeah. Can shoot the three. I mean, it's been a really fun year for them. So kudos to Bud. Kudos to the Bucks. Uh, all right, next one on our list. Nate McMillan and the Pacers. Yeah. So this isn't the sexiest pick, but... It is not. It's a really interesting one because when you talk about, oh, it's easy to get somewhere when you have a superstar, when you don't have a lot of egos to manage. Well, when you look at what he's done with Oladipo going down in the middle of the season and he really being, I think, on at least like a heart level, the driving force of the team when he goes down like that. And then you're trying to keep the team moving forward with so many guys on a contract year. You have eight Pacers going into free agency this season. So you would think, oh, the superstar goes down. You would think that the team would all think, oh, that's it for the season. Let's get our buckets. Let's get paid this offseason. They haven't had that problem at all. And I think that's got to go to the coach because 
it's hard to manage personalities. It's hard to manage individual interests. And, you know, while the Pacers, I don't think, are going to be a major player come the postseason, I think that what they've done with what they have is tremendously impressive. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, when Depot went down, I thought for sure that that would be the end of them. And instead, they've been consistently in that 3-4-5 mix with the Sixers and the Celtics for seeding in the Eastern Conference playoffs. As we record this, they're in the four seed. Uh, they're two and a half back of the Sixers. They're two up on the Celtics. They look like they're headed for a first-round matchup with the Celtics. And for them to do that with no discernible top player, like I saw them play the Clippers, and, I, and I've seen them play a bunch this year. And every time I watch them without Depot, I go, oh, who's going to be their best player tonight? Because you just don't know. And not for nothing, they got hit twice. Last year, this happened to them. It happened to them again this season, where the NBA schedule makers absolutely fucked them at the end of the year with a really tough, long road trip as they go into the postseason. It didn't end up affecting them too much last season. This year, they're sort of struggling to get across the finish line. But for them to like overcome all of these hurdles, kudos to Nate and those guys. But you're right. Not quite the sexiest pick. Uh, all right. What else we got? Mike Malone in Mike Denver? Malone, yeah. Yeah. I mean, every time I look at the standings, I can't quite believe it. At the beginning of the season, when people were talking about the Nuggets as a, as a contender, as like a team that was, you know, at least in a numerical sense, displacing the Warriors. I always thought that that would kind of pass, but they've really kept up the momentum going through the season. Uh, And Jokic is obviously a top-tier player. Uh, He's really come along, but I think that there's been a lot of injuries on that team. You know, Millsap's had timeout. Harris has had timeout. Will Barton's had timeout. Porter hasn't played at all. I think that a lot of this is, again, a a system thing. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's... That's pretty big when you're beating all these teams out West that are stacked with talent when you really have one major guy who's been healthy the whole year. And look, I love watching the Nuggets. I think Jokic has been a revelation. I love the system, as you mentioned. Like, on any given night, aside from Jokic, you could have any of those uh, support cast guys just go off, and you're like, wow, this team is super deep, and they are, and I, I like the way they play in the whole bit. I'm less bullish on... Mike Malone's candidacy than I would otherwise be for a team that's been this good and has been challenging the Warriors in the Western Conference uh, all season long for the top seed. Because when I look at the rest of the Western Conference and the playoff picture, I think the Warriors and the Rockets are going to advance, and I'd I'd bet quite a bit of money on that. Certainly the Warriors, almost certainly the Rockets. With the rest of them, the other six playoff teams, toss them in a hat, whoever advances it wouldn't surprise me. And the Nuggets, for whatever reason, are kind of one of those teams. Like if the Nuggets end up matched up with the Spurs or the Jazz or the Thunder or the Clippers and they and they end up going down in the first round, would that surprise you? No, of course not. And and I mean this is kind of the quandary of the the modern NBA. It's like you you can see whatever happens during the regular season and you don't really believe. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think there there's any point where you ever believe that any team besides the Warriors is going to the finals and even when you had an Oklahoma City team, you know, a 2016 Oklahoma City team or the Rockets more recently, you don't believe that they're actually going to beat the Warriors even though they get damn close. But also that team is always a clear second and then there's a huge drop off to what's next. And yeah, I, I don't believe in any of the other teams that, that are next. So I think it's hard to make the case. Uh, yeah. I would like to make the case. I mean, the Nuggets have been a lot of fun and, and they've been a good story, but I just wonder what happens in the playoffs. Uh, all right, last one. Who's our last guy? Popovich. Oh, you got Popovich. So we're not talking about Nick Nurse? I'm, <laughs> you're laughing at me. No, let's do Popovich. We let's do talk Popovich. About Nick no, 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 sure. no, 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 no. Just do the Pop one. Got. I mean, there were points of, during the season where I think a lot of people thought the Spurs were going to miss the playoffs for the first time in 2,000 years, but they've 
recollected themselves. And I mean, there's been a lot of words spilled on how great of a coach Popovich is. So I don't think I have to remake the case there. Uh, He wouldn't be my pick this year just because I think that you need to be a bit more successful than they've been. But I think it's impressive that they're still managing to stick around with a hodgepodge cast of whatever is left through the years. Uh, You know, you lose your best player and pick up a guy like DeMar DeRozan, who's very much not a Popovich guy. You know, he's a high usage, relatively low efficiency guy, and they still have managed to do pretty well. I think that is good for Pop. He's definitely not above any of those other guys we mentioned here, though. Yeah, yeah. This is sort of like a head coaching emeritus nod here. Uh, We had mentioned when Ian Carmel was on earlier, we put, it's okay, because he's not going to win the coach of the year this year, but he was the coach of the all-entertainment heat check team. So that works out great for for Pop. I think it's interesting, though. You're right, because a lot of people wrote him off. And as Dan Devine is happy to do it every single turn and bust my balls about it, in December, <laughs> I wrote a piece about how no cavalry was coming for the Spurs. And, like, immediately they got really good and, <laughs> like, thundered into the playoffs. And they're going to be in the playoffs again. And Dan loves to bust my balls about the ringer curse. So congrats to the Spurs. Congrats to Pop. Another good season for them. They'll never die. It's really amazing. I have no idea how a roster of Rudy Gay, Lamarcus Aldridge, and DeMar DeRozan makes the playoffs in the Western Conference, but it does. And then you know, credit to Pop. Uh, we'll also mention Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse, because if, if not, Toronto fans will get very upset with me. Uh, but I can't imagine that Toronto is going to end up with the head coach of the year two years in a row. So Nick Nurse is just sort of like a dark horse candidate out there. Uh, before I let you go, let us both pick our coaches of the year. Uh, you tell me. You go first. You're the guest. I like Bud. I think that's the easiest pick. I think yeah. you need to look at how successful the team's been, and they're the most successful team. That's an easy one for me. Uh, I think he probably will win it. Maybe he even should win it, but I'm not going to do that because we don't do the easy thing here on Heat Check. In the interest of domestic bliss, because as we say on Heat Check, you got to know your audience. Isaac Lee, would you like to weigh in on who you think should be the coach of the year? <laughs> um, I don't know about should, but I, I would love it if Doc Rivers actually won coach of the year just to reward the the really shocking success of the Clippers. But I do think Bud deserves it. Although the case against Bud, I will say, and I I can't believe you guys didn't mention this, but the whole merit of Coach Bud is that he's not Joe Prunty. Is that he he, he was better than Jason Kidd and Joe Prunty with the greatest player in the NBA right now. It is is a very low bar to clear. (laughs) I was looking, I was looking at this today. I cannot believe Jason Kidd was coaching the Bucks last year. That feels like 15 years ago. Coach the Bucks. Uh, Congratulations to the Bucks. You're in a much better spot now. Forget about deserve. I'm just declaring it. The Heat Check Coach of the Year, Doc Rivers. Congratulations yeah. to the Clippers on an amazing season. Isaac Lee, you're really <laughs> living your best life. Uh, Chris Almeida, you're working on a piece about one Brad Beal, who is having a killer season. Bless his heart, because it's the only bright spot for the otherwise oh. uh, dimly lit Washington Wizards. So be sure to check him out on TheRinger.com later on this week. Chris, you are the best. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me. All right, I want to thank Ian Carmel. I want to thank Chris Almeida, Isaac Lee, of course. I want to thank all of you for listening. If you wouldn't mind, please rate and review us on iTunes and read all of our content on TheRinger.com. And don't forget, you get the mismatch on Tuesday, group chat on Thursday, corner three on Friday. Isaac Lee and I will be back next week for Heat Check on Monday. Thanks for listening, gang. Bye. Bye.